0: forever dog i used to think that this was my town what a stupid thing to think i hear you biting off a brain now i myself am on the brain i used to want to be a real man i don't know what that even just want you in my arms again, and we can search
1: each other's dreams. What's up, everybody? What's up, 3Bs? What's up, Diamond Dogs? What's up, Athletic Gerbils? It's Rhea Butcher, the host of this here podcast, 3 Swings. It's a podcast about baseball and other things. Number one, just want to thank you for being patient, getting back into dare I say the swing of things and putting this podcast out. um, We're going to do bi-weekly until the season, the men's major league baseball season starts again uh, because I just don't, I'm working my energy up, you know? And even that clearly missed, missed the mark a little bit, you know? So (laughs) I appreciate your patience and your kindness um, and going to have a big guest on the next one. So it might not be bi-weekly, it might not, it might, I'm not sure. Anyway, here's what you should do. You should subscribe to the podcast. That's what you should do. Because then if you subscribe, it'll just come to your phone or your app or whatever it is that you use, and you can listen to it when it comes out. And I'll try to be as consistent as possible. But as we all know, life happens, and things happen, and sometimes things get weird. So I appreciate it. It's, uh, you know, it's been interesting. Things are shifting around. I'm not going to say that anything's going back to normal. I, I'm, I, I, I'm not going to go back to any type of normal. But, um, you know, schedules are shifting. Things are changing. I'm starting to open myself up to, you know, getting more regular exercise and going to baseball. And so trying to also be gentle with myself and realize, like, Oh, I haven't been doing this stuff, even even just not physical exercise, but like even just like socializing, you know, distanced with a mask. I have not been doing that with anybody for a while at this point. It's been at least 6 months. Um since like the fall or maybe summer because as soon as the numbers everything started to spike, we really clamped down on what we were doing and kept it to like legit a friend, one friend. Um and and we communicated very openly about what we were doing, so that was all that we did, um, and so I tried to remind myself that like I'm getting overloaded, and the stimulus in, in my is is a lot, you know. So just trying to take that easy, and for that reason, the podcast is a little bit late, um, and also just getting back into having a schedule again, you know, that isn't you know purely just me finding, you know, things to do and, and seeking fun things. It's like, oh, this, I have a commitment to this. So it's just all, you know, it's just getting back into the swing of new things or getting a swing of things, period. Um, I went and played baseball today. That was interesting. Um, Going to be interesting. You know, I've, I've uh, gained a little bit of weight and apparently I am at like the target weight for my height. But, um, and uh, this is literally, I'm just, having the conversation that like, um, you know, that's new for me. Like I thought I was supposed to be X, Y, Z. And it's kind of been interesting to really have that sort of uh, that's my neighbor um, <laughs> reflected back to me that like, no, no, the weight that you're at right now is actually where you're supposed to be because because that's not what I thought. And so that's cool. So I'm working on, you know, acceptance of that. The only thing that I want to share about that is if other people relate that when I put on new weight, it always goes to like my thighs, my hips and my thighs. And so it's very dysmorphic. It's very gender dysmorphic when I put on weight. And so I, you know, it, it's, a, it's an interesting experience for me. I'll put it that way. Um, and I just, I want to be mindful that this is not like, you know, and it, but I also know, like I was, keeping myself at a particular weight because of that <laughs> so uh that's been interesting so that's all to say that you know somebody that was playing with us that i hadn't seen in a really long time honestly don't even know if i know them but they seem to know me and then they kept like calling me she to these other people and so then they all thought I, and it was just like the whole experience was a little triggering and so i guess like And I just decided, like, I was like, all these people that this guy keeps sort of talking about me to in this moment, I don't know if I'm ever even going to see them again. And, like, you know, (laughs) so I'm just going to try to get through this moment. And uh, I guess I would just pass along to everybody that, like, I just want to remind you that, like, um, it's really important and really powerful to correct pronouns when... It's somebody else (laughs) because like I feel so tired, you know, and like uh, sometimes it's tough because I feel like I want somebody to come in and save me. And that's legit. You know, that's a legit thing that like I'm I'm tired, I'm sad, whatever. I want somebody else to do it and I have to do it for myself. But I'm just passing along that like I've also been in scenarios where people have outright misgendered me by accident with no like. I know that their intention was not to harm, you know, they just didn't know, didn't care, made a mistake, you know? Um, And it's harmful nonetheless. I'm not saying that it's not harmful, but, and, and other people heard it, saw it, caught it and did nothing. And it still bums me out. (laughs) It still saddens me, you know, and I got to let that go myself and forgive people. Um, But like, man, I'm just reminding you that like, if you're, you know, not, trans, not gender, nonconforming, not non-binary slash trans. Um, and you have friends who are, or just anything. I know that you're doing it, but it's just a friendly reminder to do it, to keep doing it. Cause like you don't always get the benefit or the reward or whatever. And the action is the, is the reward, you know? And so thank you for doing it. And just a friendly reminder to keep doing it. Um, cause it's important. Um, and that sort of brings me into the first thing we're going to talk about. Um, uh, I want to talk more about the anti-trans bills on this podcast because I don't have another podcast and also that's kind of what we do on here. Um, and speaking of, you know, speaking up for misgendering, pronouns wrong, you know, using someone's previous name, um, all that stuff. Uh, also, you know, there is a persistent... Threat and, uh, persistent oppression of racism in this country. Um, eight people were killed, um, last week, uh, while they were at work, um, by a white man who felt that they were a threat to him, you know? Um, and many, six of them were Asian women. Uh, I think two of them were, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. I think two of them were men, um, not Asian men. Um, and it was clearly a targeted uh, killing towards, uh, you know, on on ra- race, gender and class lines um, and incredibly dehumanizing. And I just also want to uh, just say that, you know, the same things that we do for misgendering or, you know, you know, calling people by the incorrect names and things that that's what we do for everything, you know, and it. When you sit and think about it, you can be overwhelmed, but you know, it really is just a practice. And if you don't, don't do it once, then that is, and you feel like shit. I beg of you to choose to say, okay, I didn't, I did not do what I wanted to do in that scenario. And now I'm going to change and I'll be, I will be ready for the next one. Um, and don't tolerate jokes, racist jokes um, people not giving a shit about how to pronounce someone's name correctly, you know, in their correct language, um, an Asian name that, look quote, looks, looks difficult, and be open to somebody telling you, like, that's not how it's pronounced. Like, I was reading someone's thread on Twitter the other day, and they were just saying, like, you know, it may seem like not much, but, like, trying to understand how, you know, Asian, Japanese, Chinese... Uh, Korean Pacific Islander names are pronounced like even just trying is can be can can really affect somebody. Um, that like I've been mispronouncing Chloe Zhao's name. Um, and so that was something I was like open to doing. You know, it's like it's very small, and I can say I've actually experienced it in my life. Um, this woman who happened to be helping me get back on a plane to Los Angeles when the lockdown was happening, like. I looked at her name tag because I was like, I want to thank this person who's helping me who's and She was like, you know, really, really like stressfully working to try to help me. Um, And I looked at her name tag and her name was NGOC. And I have, I literally knew someone named knock before. And so I was like, Oh, uh, knock. Thank you for helping me. And she was like, you, you know how to pronounce this. I was like, yeah, I knew somebody a couple years ago with the same name. And like, it, I could tell, like, and this is not about, like, oh, look at what a great person I am. It's literally, like, I could tell how much it took her out of um, just got to get this done, just got to put my head down, just got to blah, blah, blah. It's, like, just a moment of shared humanity and compassion, you know? And, like, it really can change so much. It can change so much. And we will never know the bad thing that it might have averted. You know, like somewhere down the line. I don't know. But like the more good you move towards, the more positive and open and understanding, not knowing, understanding that you move towards, the better the world will be. And so I just encourage you to investigate your own white supremacy in your own mind because we still have it. We still carry it around. It affects us every day. We're like fish in water with it. It is hard to see. And guess what? It's a lifetime job. It's a lifetime job of dismantling this. And so like, it's the only lifetime job I'm going to (laughs) have, you know? So, okay. Sounds great. Do you know what the benefit is? Liberation for everyone. Sounds like a pretty good deal, you know? Um, and it's not in your brain, it's in your body and it's in your heart. So get heart focused, get heart centered and see how you can put some love in the world. Um, So to move into that, I just wanted to talk to you guys about the anti-trans legislation that is spreading nationwide because it has gained momentum and it is an assault. Um, And so if you are unaware, I want you to be. And if you're not, and if you're aware, um, let's get into some more specificity. Anti-transgender legislation filed last week in South Carolina, Texas, and Michigan brings the total of anti-trans bills Introduced during the 2021 state legisl- legislative cycle to 82, surpassing the 2020 total of 79 and marking the highest number of anti-trans bills in history. The South Carolina, Texas and Michigan bills followed the same pattern as previous bills by focusing on health care restrictions and prohibitions on trans kids in school sports. The language used in these bills, especially the ones related to school sports, has been very similar and often interchangeable, demonstrating a centralized and coordinated effort across the state legislatures. These bills are being primarily driven not by constituents or even legislative caucuses. Those are the two things that, for the most part, elected officials are usually beholden to. Uh, But by far right, anti-LGBTQ organizations such as the Heritage Foundation, Alliance Defending Freedom and Eagle Forum. So just to really point this out, and I really want to drive this point home, which is that these bills are not being put forth by a population of constituents or citizens or people in these states. And so to me, this is something, you know, these bills have have many purposes, you know, but one of them is to draw focus away from other things to then blame the distraction on the people that they target, mainly the uh, transgender kids and adults and the people who love them, Um, and then to get us fighting with each other over whether or not they're important, whether or not it should happen, or whether or not trans people are worthy of public life. Uh, And then at the same time, uh, they ultimately seek to punish and uh, and oppress an already small group of people who have only recently begun to uh, live in an open sort of way that has not, you know, really been the case until the last maybe 20 years, Um, which is not to say there are not trans people. But um, transness itself is something that can be, uh, you know, like a a major thing in being trans is to pass in public Um, and to pass in public as like, say, a lesbian is to pass as straight, which is like not something that people are doing anymore either. But passing as a trans person has a completely different. This is to me. Also, by the way, I'm not this is not like glad approved what I'm saying right now, but to pass as a trans person or even, let's say, a gender non conforming person um, or a non-binary person means to pass through. I used to believe that it pa- it meant to pass through as the opposite, se- you know, opposite sex assigned to gender assigned at birth. Excuse me. But what I or or the passing as the sex that you're or gender you're presenting as. Right. Um, but I also truly like believe that passing is is just to kind of get through the world, you know, and to be left alone, honestly, um, which I think we all deserve, whether people are doing it because they think I'm a dude and it, I don't matter or whatever it is. Um, But only in the past, like 20 years, have people been sort of openly trans on a hugely public level. There are stories including trans people, the stories are not, you know, necessarily like the greatest all the time, but it is something, it's, it's it's not a th- people out over there. You know, there are names of trans people that are famous. Um, and so, of course, there is then this equal and opposite reaction, which is to um, try to stop it. Basically, try to stop trans people from existing, which, uh, you know, ha- has been going on in this country, since this country started. There has always been legislation to get rid of the people that we want to get rid of. It was the indigenous people when we first got here. Then, uh, uh you know, we used slaves to construct here and then uh, basically anybody poor. We also legislate against that. Um, women were legislated out of public life as well. Um, once, once the cities and metropolises started to get built up. Um, and then once, uh, once the enslaved people were emancipated, we then legislated them out of public life and out of any real material gain or, um, uh, public or civic life. So it, then, and, and also gays, the whole, to queers the whole time. Um, so you can the this is not new, you know, it's not a new thing. Um, and, I just hope that people can open their understanding that it's like, oh, this just keeps happening because this is what these foundations exist to do. They exist to oppress people they they hate and they do not like and that they think they have a right to do that, that they have a right to erase certain people from society. And that is what these foundations believe is their right to do. Um, and it is evil. It is uh, ex- religious extremism uh, that has a, a direct line to our government. Uh, for example, Montana's HB 112, the first ant- anti-transgender sports bill to be passed through a legislative chamber in any state, was written by the Alliance Defending Freedom, which has been designated by the Southern Poverty Law Center as a hate group. So their their purpose is this, they do not have like some other purpose, like, I don't know, community building or like, I don't know, raising people out of poverty or anything. They literally, this is all they do, is write legislation to pass it through states that they have, um, you know, bought and paid for the legislature. Uh, Trump has filled with federal judges or or state judges. Like it is, uh, they they have an easy go in the states that they're using. Um, And so I just urge you to not, like, openly hate the people of these states and judge them, because I honestly don't believe that this is what they care about. Number one, they might care about it now that it's out in the water. um, But that was not none of this was drafted by a population of people's constituents on the ground. And so I just have to keep that in mind. Their mind was changed as soon as they heard this bill and they were like, oh, yeah, of course. Oh, it must be a problem if we've got this bill, right? Which is a very human way to think.
0: Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zipline through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. We repel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news?
1: can be very human in their thinking that way. They can be very human in their th- realization that it is not a problem. Uh, this push comes as equality measures gain popular support and legislative momentum on the federal level, with the Biden administration champion championing e- equality in early executive actions, and Congress considering the Equality Act within the first 100 days of the new administration. In addition, nearly 550 college athletes have stood up to anti-transgender legislation by demanding the NCAA poll championships from states with anti-trans sports legislation. Meanwhile, Republican state legislatures push ahead with a record-breaking number of anti-trans bills in many cases, prioritizing it over COVID relief bills and measures. So again, they want us to be the reason people aren't eating. They want us to be the reason people get kicked out of their homes. They want us to be the reason people don't have health care. And we are not. 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 Uh, These two bills, there's basically two types of bills. There's a bill that bans trans girls from playing girls sports. And then there's a bill that bans children from receiving uh, transgender-related health care. Uh, and would not not just banning them from receiving it, but punish the doctor and their parents, anyone who might, uh, you know, out, go against the bill, go against the law and give these kids uh, gender affirming health care. And something that has been thrown around about that um, is that, you know, that children are getting surgeries and this is by no means what's happening um, you know, there, are, I've, I've heard the phrase and like trigger warning, it's an intense one, uh, genital mutilation that's happening. And someone else, a doctor on Twitter was like the only genital mutilation mutilation that is happening to children is circumcisions. And so I think that's like just a great thing to remember. And like, uh, if anyone comes at you with these kinds of things that like the trans trans gender affirming healthcare that a child would be receiving would be puberty blockers which is reversible it's it doesn't even need to be reversed it's just stopped <laughs> you just stop taking the puberty blocker and then you have puberty once you stop taking it and so it it actually puberty blockers in my estimation and my experience are actually the most affirming and kind care that you can provide for a trans person I don't have a time machine, but I will tell you on the other side of uh, top surgery and on the other side of seven plus months, eight months of testosterone hormone therapy, if you would have given me, if I could be this person now and I could go back in time and somebody said, look, you can take these pills right now and you're not going to get your period, Um, you're also not going to grow breasts. And if you change your mind and you want both of those things, you can do that. And all you have to do is stop taking the pill. I would fucking take it so fast. You, you guys, you, your heads would be spinning so fast I would be taking that pill. Because it would have changed my life. <laughs> I have now been able to change my life. And I'm forever grateful for that. But I think that everyone should be given the opportunity to get the care that they need. And if you don't understand the care, then it's not your place to have an opinion on it. <laughs> like, I don't understand other. I I don't know. I guess there's not much that I don't understand when it comes to healthcare. Like, if someone needs a procedure, they get it. That's what I think. <laughs> you know, it with I I try I I try to trust most doctors often. You know, um, and it 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 is. Sad to me that this is what's going on, that like that that criminalizing health care like they they have done with abortion because abortion is health care. They it's the same stuff again Uh, is never going to produce a positive result. You know, like it's just not like we have criminalized. Affirming care and we have criminalized abortion. But we have not criminalized things like conversion therapy that 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 are known to create ha- havoc. And also, I don't want to criminalize these things. That punishing more people doesn't do anything. Just ending it is what we need to do. Anyway, now I'm far off the field. Because what I, I wanted to get to, but I, I think that the sports bills are just as cruel, but they're getting a lot of the attention. And the bills that are very dangerous and scary to me are the health care bills. Bills, because not only are we preventing children from getting the health care that they need and could benefit from, uh, it also sets the stage to do this all the time for everyone to criminalize transgender health care again. So it's scary to me. Um, and then the transgender uh, bills, uh, sports bills, are just pure bullshit. And the only thing that gives me hope in this. Um, is that once you, once they dig their heels in about this, they have opened a Pandora's box because every, every action has an equal and opposite reaction, right? So this is a reaction to trans people living openly, joyously, to the the extent that we can. Uh, And so this is their response. Okay, kill it, you know, as much as they can. So then our equal and opposite reaction to that is the fact that they are pulling the string at the fa- the very fabric of the idea that women have been discriminated in sports, period. And so there is, has been a second class of citizens in sports that has been created, and then we're so far out from it that now like people want to support it and I want people to support women's sports, but the reality is there is no basis in terms of athletic ability for separating people in sports by gender. If the playing fields were even, funding was even, attention was even, coaches weren't sexist, you would have equal amounts of talented men and women. And I'm using those two terms because I'm speaking in the language of these bills. And it wouldn't even be a fucking issue if trans people were playing sports because everybody would just be playing sports together. So it, it gets at a, 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 to me, a vital nature of, of the discrimination that continues against women. And it's not from trans women. Trans girls are not going to take away women's sports women's sports have already been taken away from us the whole fucking time. (laughs) It's already happening. You can look at the women's basketball tournament and how they are being treated versus how the men are being treated. None of this is about a trans girl on a swim team in Montana. All she wants is to be a part of a team. And that is what we do. We kept women out of being part of a team. Women wanted to play sports No, no, no. No, no, no. And then it went up to the Supreme Court and then we realized, oh yeah, okay, so we'll we'll give you a separate thing. And then we took it! (laughs) That is the one thing that I would say is like, no, not good enough. We never go far enough. It is not enough to have our own separate thing. It's all one or nothing. But that's my belief now as a 38-year-old person. And also like, I just did a podcast with some friends where we were talking about this, and I really try to keep the focus on kids. But you know what? Who fucking cares if somebody is trans and 38 and wants to try out for some goddamn sports? What the fuck is it to you? People think that cis men are dressing up as women to go win a gold medal at the Olympics. And, like, you are absolutely off your rocker if you think that any of that is what this shit is about. It is absolutely not. It is an assault on trans people to say, hey, you know your place and it's not here. And that's what it is. And I have to, I get to listen to people that I know say they agree because that's where we're at. And it is nuts to me. It is absolutely nuts to me. And also just like, guess what? This this has given me such a new perspective on some of this shit, which is, oh yeah, I don't need or get to have an opinion on everything. I don't need to have one. I can just stand in solidarity with the people who are being oppressed. I don't have to have a fucking opinion. Like, you know, we don't have to like all talk about all of this all the time. You know, and like when you sit and think about it, instead of like letting somebody else tell you what to think, you really start to f- figure out like, oh, yeah, oh, this is kind of messed up. <laughs> so it's just shocking to me that people think that like every trans person's life is basically the plot to the movie Ladybugs um, and to not that it's just it's ignorant. It's incredibly ignorant. Um, and the word ignorant can mean many things. And I mean all of them. So to bring this into baseball specifically, all of this reminds me of the story of Maria Pepe, uh, who we did do a a like full rundown of Maria Pepe back in 2019 on July 26th. If you want to go back to that, I'm going to do sort of just a short roundup here. Because... This is almost exactly, word for word, the same kind of shit that's happening with the anti-trans legislation to kick one, two, three, four people off of a team. And also, I just want to point out, I have not seen a bill yet that does not focus solely on trans girls. Uh, And so I just want to present to you that that is misogyny Towards the trans girls, and it's also misogyny towards trans boys. That, like, nobody really seems to give a shit about trans boys playing on cis boys' teams now, do they? Which is interesting to me and not lost on me that people don't think there's an advantage to that. And so, that also points to an essential nature that we're getting at, which is the privilege of being born, and I do mean born, a boy. In our culture, there are many things that you are afforded as opportunity, possibility, from the the moment it is decided that you are a boy, um, and they also don't want anybody getting anywhere near that, but also don't seem to to think that they have anything to worry about, and I think that's interesting. So to get to that. Uh, the source on this is Maria Pepe, the New Jersey girl who sued to play baseball with the boys by a uh, friend of the show, Brittany De La Creta, uh from The Guardian. Uh, so I'm just going to give you a quick rundown of the story. Maria Pepe may not be a household name, but hundreds of thousands of girls around the country have her to thank for the right to play baseball. In 1972, 12-year-old Maria decided to try out for a new Little League team with her friends in Hoboken, New Jersey. She'd grown up playing ball in the streets with boys in her neighborhood, and so when the Hoboken Young Democrats held a tryout, it seemed only naturally that Pepe would show up. My friends all went in and signed their name, and I stood at the door, but my coach came out, and he asked why I wasn't signing up. I looked at him and said, You think you would take a chance and let me sign up? My name's Maria. And he said, Can you play? And I was like, Yeah, there's no question I could play. Pepe made the team and batted over 300 in her first two games. The Bridgewater New Jersey Courier News observed Maria played right field and third base for the team when she wasn't at her primary position, the pitcher's mound. Her fastball is rated at at least equal to her teammates. But word had gotten back to Little League headquarters in Pennsylvania, and they were not happy. After Katherine Tubby Johnson played one season of Little League in 1950, the rules were changed to state that girls were not eligible under any circumstances. The league threatened to pull the city of Hoboken's charter, jeopardizing hundreds of boys' access to baseball if Pepe wasn't removed from the team. So you can see that this is the same thing, right? Like, the, the binary may have changed, the words may have changed, but this is exactly the same thing. It's exactly the same fear, it's exactly the same hate, it's exactly the same actions. Her coaches were some of her biggest advocates. She plays for us because she is a good hitter and an outstanding fielder, the young Democrats manager Carmine Ranga said at the time. If the national office says drop her or lose Little League and Hoboken will drop her, but it would be unfair. But after three games, that's just what they had to do. Pepe says that she was offered the opportunity to be the team's scorekeeper, which she did for one game, but that said that being out of the uniform and just keeping score was so extremely frustrating That I knew I couldn't do that anymore. How heartbreaking. How offensive. Um, The news quickly escalated, catching the attention of the National Organization for Women, who filed a gender discrimination lawsuit on her behalf. Little league brought in experts to testify why girls should be excluded from playing baseball with boys. Crichton Hale, a physiologist and executive of little league testified that a study from Japan showed that female bones can take less twisting, less weight before being crushed and bend less before snapping. And male muscles are stronger. Men have a quicker reaction time and move quicker. Um, Creighton went on to conclude that a girl batter standing 46 feet from the pitcher, the distance uh, in Little League Baseball would be slower in getting away from a beanball than a boy, and an injury to the face would be disastrous for girls from a cosmetic point of view. And then two years later, after a series of contentious court of cases and appeals, an appellate court ruled in Pepe's favor, making it illegal for Little League Baseball to dismiss girls from teams based on their gender, despite being ineligible to play in her hometown league because of her age after the ruling, Maria Pepe is now the reason why girls can play in youth leagues all across the country. So she herself did not get to benefit from a ruling in her favor. And so that is also something that pops out to me at this, which is you ban these kids from their teams and that's it. Like we're talking about kids. They're not going to be kids for much longer. And I don't, I just don't, you know, I, I just I just beg of anybody who's on the fence about this, um, to just open your mind to the fact that like you might think that there's some inherent advantage uh to, you know, being assigned male at birth um and then transitioning to the gender that you actually are. Um and I would just I would just ask you to investigate why you think that is, whether that's true and that there might also be other reasons why kids play sports and also ask yourself when there has ever been a time that telling people they are not allowed in has ever been a good thing. Just ask yourself that. Sit with that for a little bit. Just sit with the the wondering uh, when a sign on a door that says whites only has ever been a good thing. When a sign on a door that says you're not welcome here has ever been a good thing. Let me know if you can think of a time that it's ever been a good thing. Something that's coming to my mind that I feel like somebody would bring up is like not allowing Pete Rose in the Hall of Fame. Well, that's because of his actions. So, Set that aside. I'm not talking about actions. I'm talking about you are not welcome here because of who you are, not what you've done, but who you are. So just consider that. And also bring that up to people who say they disagree and they think, you know, these these are the ways that we talk to people about these things. It's not you truly cannot yell at people and call them stupid. It just doesn't, or hateful or whatever. No one will listen to that. And I, I'm I, I'm not, you know, it's just like nobody will listen to it. And then they use it as an excuse and tell you you're the bigot. And it's like, okay. And so feel free to do that. But they will keep doing that. People are more bound to listen when you say like, what? when has it ever worked out well to discriminate against people and keep them out of something? In my estimation, it never has. So if you guys want to stick around for another a couple minutes, I'm going to talk about men's baseball for a couple minutes here. Um, We've got a couple teams that have everything on the line in 2021. And this is from MLB.com, which is the source for men's major league baseball. That's a joke. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound. And you might be wondering if they're right
0: for you. Meet Plush Care. A leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit
1: plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Here are five teams that are poised to have pivotal seasons in 2021 on the verge of either a successful era or a re-evaluation, <laughs> rebuilding phase which it seems like nearly every team in Major League Baseball is, oop, we got to rebuild. Which way do you think these teams will go this season? Rebuilding phases to me is let's reap some profits and not spend any money. Um, So number one, and this, this might actually be my number one, simply because the LA Angels have Mike Trout. And it always feels like as long as Mike Trout Trout is in his prime, the Angels have as much pressure on them as any team in baseball. So this year is my year that I say the Angels must do something. (laughs) Trout will turn 30 in August, and the Angels' lineup additions this offseason have been helpful but minor. They got Dexter Fowler, Fowler and Jose Iglesias, which I did not even realize. And their rotation adds Jose Quintana and Alex Cobb, and those guys are serviceable at best. I think, you know, Rendon still on the hot corner. Like, let's see. But I would love, I mean, I'm not like an Angels fan or anything, but I would love to see Mike Trout in October. My God. It's like getting silly at this point. Don't we all want to see Mike Trout in in October? I think so. And then we got the Washington Nationals. The Nats are now a year removed from their World Series title over the Astros. And the rest of the National League East has risen up around them. Atlanta is the three-time defending NL East champ. The Mets are aggressive in a way they haven't been in a decade, and the Marlins reached the NL Division Series last year. The Nats have a strong lineup core in Juan Soto and Trey Turner, and their rotation is getting older, but it's still arguably a top 10 top 5 rotation, excuse me. In a hyper competitive NL East, could they finish last this year? And if so, what is the next step for the franchise? I mean, I see the Nationals doing a a rebuild. I see the Nationals in a year being the Cubs right now. Um, If they're not already. Uh, They just have Juan Soto and Trey Turner. That's the difference. Um, The Cubs don't really have anybody like that. Uh, I mean, Rizzo's going to hit, but Chris Bryant is just hurt. So um, That's where I see the Nats going. Their rotation is tired. I had a chance to draft Scherzer, and I was just like, I am too scared. (laughs) I'm too scared, and I went with... uh, uh, what's his name from uh the White Sox? Now I can't think even think of his name. That's the other thing, guys. Like this season, I am not I am not the person to come to for to know everything that's gonna happen. This is like I'm getting back into baseball this year. The Phillies, speaking of the NL East, friend of the show, Paul F. Tompkins Phillies, they now have the second longest postseason postseason drought in baseball and a notoriously impatient fan base. There's obviously talent here. From Harper, Bryce Harper, to the recently re-signed JT Romuto, to Aaron Nola. But is there as much talent as Atlanta, the Mets? If they fall short of the postseason for the 10th consecutive year, what does the future look like for the Phillies? I mean, the Mets being what the Mets are right now is really scary for the NL East. Like, you cannot just coast along and expect to get the wild card anymore. So, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's up with the Phillies. I don't see them doing much personally. Um, And then we rounded out with some American League teams. The Minnesota Twins had another terrific season last year, but once again, they didn't advance in October. Minnesota has won a playoff game, has last won a playoff game in 2004, having lost 18 straight postseason games, the longest such streak in baseball history. That is bonkers. And I'm sorry, Minnesota that you have to be the ones to carry that. And now the rest of the American League Central is catching up to them. The White Sox are hot on their trails. The Royals are making smart additions to a solid core. Cleveland is always in the mix. I'm going to call you out, Bench Coach Brett, on that one and say, I don't think Cleveland is even in the mix this year. Uh, So the Twins have that positive. Uh, How much longer can the Twins be at the top of the Central? I mean, I think they're second in the Central this year. I think the White Sox take the division. Speaking of the Chicago White Sox, Chicago's surprise hire of manager Tony La Russa lands them on this list. Having not managed a game in nearly 10 years, the hiring of La Russa is a wild card move for an otherwise young and -and up-and-coming team that had a huge breakthrough last year. How does La Russa's hire affect the trajectory of the White Sox? I mean, I can't imagine it being positive. It's not a great hire to me. I think it is bullshit and uh I think that the team is good enough to transcend it, but it's I don't I don't like it and I don't think it's good. It's also not good for the game of baseball. I think if you're in the Hall of Fame, you're done. That's just my opinion. I think once you get inducted into the Hall of Fame, you're not allowed back in. You're done. You did it. That's the end. Now, I'm not talking about players, but if you're in the Hall of Fame as a manager, you're done. Dunsky, give somebody else a shot. So, we will get to this. I meant to talk about this a couple weeks ago, but I just ran out. And I might run out today because I'm not used to talking this much and my jaw is, like, clenching up. It's pretty well. And the cops are checking out my neighborhood. Um, <clears throat> ACAB, you know? Uh, MLB updates harassment policy. This is from The Athletic. In the wake of sexual harassment allegations against former New York Mets GM Jared Porter and former New York Mets manager and current Los Angeles Angels pitching coach, current Mickey Callaway, the MLB has updated its policy on sexual harassment. As first re- reported by The Athletic and confirmed by an industry source, the revised code of conduct outlines specific repercussions, quote, a warning, a suspension, termination of employment, or any other measures available to a, cl- a club or the commissioner, unquote. For those who behave, quote, contrary to MLB's principles, unquote, this language will be detailed on a flyer to be posted in every team's clubhouse. The MLB Players Association has signed off on this modification. In addition to more specific consequences for rule breakers, MLB will provide an anonymous hotline run by a third party where incidents of harassment can be reported. Moreover, team executives will undergo anti-harassment and discrimination training during spring training. Who will be conducting that, I wonder? On January 18th, ESPN reported that Jared Porter, who had been hired as the Mets general manager within the previous month, had sent several lewd, unsolicited text messages to a female reporter while he worked as a Cubs executive in 2016. So that's four years. Executive to general manager in four years. That's, that's an interesting number um, because it took Kim Eng... A lot longer than that. Just pointing that out. Uh, Porter quickly admitted to his wrongdoing and the Mets fired him for the cause the next day, which I think is the right thing to do. And if he's meant to be a general manager, he can work his way back up. On February 1st, The Athletic reported that Mickey Calloway had, quote, communicated improperly with five different female media members, unquote, two while he was Cleveland's pitching coach, a job he had from 2013 to 17, and three more, while he managed the Mets from 2018 to 19. Callaway has denied the allegations and the Angels have suspended him, but not fired him while they and MLB investigate. I mean, I think you maybe need a third party on this one and not the cops. The allegations against Callaway are backed up by a mountain of evidence. And in the same report by The Athletic, they noted that Cleveland was made aware of complaints about Callaway's sexually inappropriate behavior during his tenure there, despite the team's public statements to the contrary. So yet again, one more fantastic reason to make this all about me, that I am no longer a fan or associated in any way, not that I ever was, with the Cleveland baseball team. Um, I think I have left that abusive relationship and I feel great about it. Uh, I am glad that, uh, I don't know, the MLB and the Players Association is doing something this doesn't feel it doesn't feel like it's going to do much um, because this is not a thing where you you just implement more rules and then you punish people for breaking them. This is like a, this is a culture that has to be changed. And it's a culture that has to be changed by hiring better people. And it has to be changed by hiring more different kinds of people. And I'm not doing the like clap emoji, like more blah, blah, blah. It's, but I will say like you hire people from across like different class lines, different gender lines, different racial lines. Um, and you will get a different result. You know, I, there's still like being of a certain class race. This is that it's not going to, um, doesn't mean that you don't, you wouldn't sexually harass somebody. It's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is uh, when you come into conflict and you and you are told like this, this sort of culture of like they knew about it, but they were willing to look the other way. I really think that like when you're not around women or you're not around uh, people of color or like if the guy looks like you, then you have empathy for them and you're willing to go like, ah, it's probably not that bad. Because you didn't see it, it didn't happen to you, and you don't know the person it happened to. So it's easy to go like, eh, who cares? So that's the culture that I'm talking about changing by bringing in, you know, more people, you know, especially women, you know? Like, I don't, I, I hesitate to say that sometimes because then you're, like, bringing women in to, like, sort of dilute the water of harassment and what they have to deal with. They come in to, like, deal with it, and it's like, I don't know. I mean, some of it is that. And some of it, I think, is honestly like, you know, you're around women. You're not going to if you're a guy who's on the fence about this stuff, who doesn't do it personally, um, but knows guys that do, you start to have, I don't know, maybe more of a conscience when you're working alongside somebody that, oh, then you find out that that guy's been sending her like you might actually give a shit. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I don't know. But that those are just, you know, my my unprepared thoughts on this but i mean i think major league baseball has a huge reckoning coming and has it's been happening um sexual assault violence domestic violence all these things they are all related um and it's all just a culture of dismissal of of not thinking of a preference to sweep it under the rug and assume it's not it's going to go away And just like give somebody a stern talking to and say like, okay, well, now, you you know, okay, so we've set you straight and thinking they know better and they don't because it keeps happening and it keeps happening because they don't do anything to prevent it because there's no conversation to prevent it. And it's a culture that they are willing to look away from. So until they are willing to look at it directly, it's not going to change. And that's what I think. So hopefully this is a step in the direction of looking at it dead on. You know, but I'm not sure. So we'll wrap up this episode, this almost an hour episode. I cannot even believe that it's almost an hour with the NCAA Women's Basketball Tournament, which I talked about a little bit at the top. Uh, the men's and women's basketball tournaments kicked off this week in bubble facilities in Indianapolis and San Antonio, respectively. On Friday, Oregon forward Sedona Prince posted a video to social media that exposed the extreme disparity In conditions and facilities at the two tournaments, showing a panoramic shot of the massive weight room at the men's tournament versus a single rack of hand weights that constitutes the weight room at the women's tournament. You will be able to find that tweet in our notes. Other users chimed in with videos of similar disparities between the tournament buffets and even the tournament swag bags. So... Don't believe them when they tell you that a little girl in Montana on a swim team is the reason why women's sports are under attack. Women's sports have always been under attack because we've never wanted them and we've never accepted them and we've created them to keep in a second position. All these people just make money off of us and we let them do it. So don't let anybody tell you that it's a little trans girl in South Carolina that's coming for women's sports because it is the NCAA. It is money. It's the people in power who don't care about women's sports. It's not us. We care about it. We watch the sports. We enjoy them. We want to participate. <laughs> so don't let them let us be mad at each other. And remember who's at fault here. <laughs> the people in power. So this has been three swings. Thanks for sticking around and listening. I we will have a uh, guest Chase Strangio on the next episode uh to come talk about these bills a little bit more because I just want to make sure I amplify as many voices on this as I possibly can. Uh because it's only going to get worse before it gets better. Uh and I know that because I was around for the uh you know uh <laughs> constitutional amendments about marriage being one man and one woman. And then for the onslaught of, uh, you know, the no on eight and a yes on eight and all that stuff. So, uh, you know, it's just happening again and we're going to stick together and love each other and keep fighting it. So I love you very much. I'm so glad you were here. Thank you for listening to my podcast and supporting it. I really appreciate it. It's a lot of fun for me. I'm grateful that you're here. I hope you have a wonderful day and see how you can put some love into the world today. Take care. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.